Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. It's like October 3rd and Barker's still trying to hold. That's right. You know, there's something on Works your shoe every thing. time. Hey, it's Monday. Does it feel like it? It's Monday. I got, I got my wrist. I'm okay, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm good. I'm okay, too. I, I'm didn't, I had a nice restful weekend, did a little bit of yard work. I could have used the rake that I oh, gave you as you, your you housewarming. Can you say out loud what happened to your rake? Mm. The one you got me, you said never what? No, it just, it's, what happened to it? It's, it's defective. It's what defective. happened to it? it? It interferes with my raking. Well, it's, it's not really attached solidly to the handle. And I, I realize now that I should have actually you nail, kept, put in it. kept the rake that I gave you. You want it back? I've never used it. It's brand new still. No, it's for you and, and it's for you and, and Hazel. And you will need it at some point. Trust me. As a uh, homeowner, you well, will need a rake. Let's, let's, you, did you say Hazel? It's for Hazel too? Let's not. Let's not. Yeah, that's let's true. not say that. Yeah. That's a, it's, I see. I find yard she'll work. She'll take photos of me and send it to you. Look I find yard, no, no, no. I found yard work therapeutic. <laughs> Doing a little yard work with a cigar and a cold beer. Ooh. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's actually so you therapeutic. you mow and drink. Oh, hell yeah. the law? No, I'm not mowing. Right. I'm raking and drinking. Yeah, of course I do. Uh, do you have a hat with a straw? No, I don't have a hat with a straw. <laughs> Old Milwaukee's best. No, I don't have a hat with a straw. Anyhow. I could see you out there in your... In your do you have, a, you have a clothing that you wear? Certain clothing. Just to, to mow rake? in. Yeah, just to I mow in. I don't mow. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have enough of a lawn to, to, to mow. Like I have an outfit. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, that's no surprise. I'm sure it's sponsored by somebody. <laughs> but no, I don't have a, uh, I, I just sort of wear that's what's handy. I just sort idea. of wear what's handy. Calls. You know, I wear what's handy. Anyhow, it is a Monday. You know what that means? In the East. I thought we were doing it in the wild card. I keep forgetting, Lance. Oh, walk on the wild side. Forgetting that we got a mashup. Are we gonna do it? We gotta do it in the playoffs too, right? All right. Um, in the East, in the wild card. Our weekly look at, uh, as he says, as he realizes that he needs the. Uh, you don't need work standings for this in front or of no? me. Yeah, I am. I just need the standings in front of me to do this. You know. Mm. I guess it's in the wild card today because really we've we've talked about the East is East is over. East buddy. is over. You know, I guess the wild card picture kind of cleared up to a certain degree this weekend, right? We we know that the Rays and Jays will not be playing in Tampa. That's off the table. Um, the Jays will either play the Mariners here or in Seattle, or play the Rays here. The magic number for the Jays to clinch home field advantage 
first round is two. So any combination of two you know, Jays losses or Mariners wins, any combination of two Jays wins or Mariners losses, you know what I mean, anyhow. <laughs> any combination of two gives the Jays home field advantage for the first round. The Mariners have an extra game as well. And a reminder, as always, or not as always, but uh, both the Mariners and the uh, the Rays uh, have the tiebreaker with the Jays. Again, not, not that that matters for the Rays, it but does. it certainly does for the Mariners. The Mariners start a four-game series against the Detroit Tigers tonight. There's a doubleheader tossed in there on Tuesday. While the Jays play three against the Baltimore Orioles, and the Rays wrap up with three games at Fenway Park against the Boston Red Sox. The Mariners clinched their first postseason berth since 2001 with a walk-off win in Friday night. But a 10-3 loss to the Oakland Athletics on Sunday kind of put a real crimp in their hopes of being the host team for the first round. Robbie Ray was not good. Gave up three homers, six runs. Maybe the pants are getting a little tighter for Robbie. Did they really? Three homers and six runs. And afterwards, manager Scott Service said his team pretty much had to run the table over their next four games to to get home field advantage, which which is true. But after Friday's clinching win, which was delivered by a walk-off, Service sounded, <clears throat> sounded a little bit like somebody who felt his team had a chance against any opponent in any ballpark, given his pitching depth. And you know what? He, he might not be wrong. It's, it's, this is an awesome moment for Seattle Mariners baseball fans. It really is. It's been 21 years. We've lived it. I've only lived the last seven, and, and I know what it means to everybody in the Pacific Northwest for us to get over the hump. Our team's excited about it, but our team isn't done. Our team is really focused on taking the next step, and the step after that. Our team's good enough to win a championship, and, and that's what it's about, but ending the drought is a big thing. We need some new banners up in the ballpark, and we'll certainly see some. Wow. Yeah. There you go. So he guess what? What's a new banner in the ballpark? Made it to the playoffs. Card, made it to the playoffs, I mm-hmm. guess. Okay. I mean, I, th- I, think, I think his word's a bit strong. I mean, I, anything can happen. It's sports. You get a couple of guys hot. For me, the, their pitching's good enough. Robbie Ray will figure Logan out. Logan Gilbert is something else, they, man. Well, yeah, I, I think it's about location. It's about strike one and, <clears> and your big boys being your big boys and they have a true number one now in Castillo which is yep. you know the the 99 with the Bugs Bunny changeup. what's Luke, that gonna do to right it was Castillo and Alec Manoa game one Oof. of the playoff series I mean that's baseball can't wait for October it's the lineup I mean it's so if you if you start to think about it you look at all these teams most of it now is who can get the big hit. Mm-hmm. Like that That is, name a team, and I think that's sort of what it's come down to. Maybe not the Yankees. The Yankees are sort of up in the air with the bullpen, and I think the rotation is solidified. You know, you put in who you want to put in as sort of their bullpen, but everybody else, who's going to get the big hit, right? And that's why I think home field advantage for the Jays and making the Mariners come to the Rogers Center. You saw the Braves play, the Mets, <laughs> yes. and all the lights went out. Yeah. And they're doing the – Yeah. Think about that, the Rodgers. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but I'm saying that place going ballistic, and the Mariners have to come and deal with that in that lineup trying for the Mariners figured out how to get some big hits off the rotation and the, and the bullpen, and John being able to, with Pete Walker, just figure out how to put the right guy in the right spot. I think that's, for me, what it comes down to. And maybe we talk about Whit Merrifield. Maybe it's base running, too. Right. Going first to third, going first to home when you're not supposed to in a big moment. That'll help, too. Julio Rod- Rodriguez, by the way, is scheduled to return uh, today from that back issue. So that's good news for the Mariners. See what he can I just know when I, can bring. I had back issues older in my career when I was in the Mexican League and I tried to do that in winter ball. It's bad. 
Like even if you tweak it, you know, you, you, you know what else get up in a hurry or and you try because even your takes, I remember the takes were the hardest thing because it puts so much pressure on your lower half, your core. Well, you're going to be playing. On, you're going to be playing on turf here as well, which may not necessarily Maybe help with that. Meanwhile, the Rays, I don't know what to make of this. The Rays gave Yandy Diaz and Wander Franco the day off on Sunday. And that, to me, only reiterates how concerned they are about Diaz's lingering left shoulder soreness yep. and Franco's rehabilitated wrist. And then if, if that wasn't enough, David Peralta left the game with hip tightness. Sunday was, get a load of this, Jay, uh, the Rays were beaten by the, by the Astros. Sunday was the fourth time in their last five games, sixth in their last eight, that the Rays have scored just one run. Yep. They're averaging 3.52 runs a game during an 8-15 and 15 stretch going back to September 10th. They are literally on fumes going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They've scored one run or less in 30 games this season. 11. 11 since the start of September. And this is what Kevin Cash had to say about that. I mean, we didn't get much going. We're, we're just not firing right now, but I'm confident, confident that the guys will they'll get it going. Uh, you certainly have to credit Houston's pitching, uh, but I don't think we're our, maybe our best version right now, but we got time to get there. You got mm. time to get there, but unfortunately, you? Mr. Cash, you don't have time to get home field advantage. A lot of things would have to go in our favor. So, no, we'd like to play in front of our fans. Now we're going to have to do a little bit more to get that opportunity. Yeah, they are. They're going to have to win. We're going to have to win the, yeah, you, the, the yeah. wild card series to get in. Well, they're 35 and 43 on the road, which bodes well for the Blue Jays if they have to come here. They only have three guys with double-digit homers. That's a big deal in the playoffs. You know mm-hmm. that loop and a bomb thing comes into effect because you're facing the best of the best when it comes to the rotation. They, they, they mentioned the Astros, how tough they are on decent lineups, not even great lineups. And I just look – I. All of these teams, if you've noticed, are sort of about the same, right? They got some good starting pitching. They got a decent enough bullpen. They got some, you know, okay defense. They run the bases all right. It's just about their hitting. Who, who's going to get the big hit when it matters the most? And the Rays are no different. Who's going to get the bloop and the bomb? Could it be Paredes? Could it be a Margot? A Rosarena? Like, they're, that's the three guys with the double-digit homers. I, who do you want to play? Realistically, right now, if you if you could pick between those two teams, Rays. I told you, Mariners, I would rather. I've told you, you, I would rather play the Rays here or in Tampa. Mm. I I think the Rays. I think the Jays match up well against the Rays. Um, I, I admit I haven't seen enough of Seattle. My memories of Seattle are, of course, what Seattle did to the Jays they this year really in good, winning yeah. the season series. They were really good yeah. against the Jays in winning the season series. Uh, so, you know, obviously we've seen more of the Rays, but like I've, I've said. I think the Jays match up well with the Rays. I think they match up really well with the Yankees. I think they match up really well with the Yankees as well. Now, that may not matter if you draw Houston uh, in in the first round. But I wanted to say this, too. Credit the Houston Astros for not taking the foot off the gas. Running their lineup out there? Yeah. Yeah, that's what you do. Dusty I know it it is, but... I've been in a locker room with him. He's big league. We're, we're, We're the best... I'll, I can tell you the conversation. Obviously, I don't know what it is, but I've been in the room with him. I can tell you what he's saying to everybody. We're the best team in baseball. We're going to show them from the first day till the last day. Yeah. 
and that's what he's doing. I think you give him credit for that. Of course, it helps, too, and, and he's got, he's running out all that well, starting it, pitching. I mean, door number it, four for him is most teams' door it, number one. It does, too, and remember the break they have between the end of the season and when they start the playoffs. Yeah. That's a big deal. You can't duplicate that. There's only so many, you know, pitching that you can stand in a batter's box and right. take pitches off of, and when the heart rate goes up, how's the, how's the at-bats going to go? That's... That's the Dusty thing. That might be the only way the, the Astros lose is Dusty. I mean, I hate that. It just pains me to say that. But they their team is awesome. Presley all of a sudden has is unhittable. The closer they have. I mean, they, they have the lineup. It's 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 everything you want in a lineup. Uh, it's unbelievable to pitch to. Their starting rotation with McCullers Jr. now is I, their defense, their base running, they have home field advantage. They can play to that with the short porch and left. They know what they're doing. Kyle Tucker all of a sudden is an MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. How you beat them? Unless they beat themselves or the manager makes the wrong move when he get the ball. Who's he giving the ball to in that big moment? Yeah, they're awfully. Oh, they're they're just crazy. I, good. I was just I, I I sat down before we came in today and looked at their pitching and just tried to figure out what they're going to do with all those arms. You know, they've got a bunch of guys. Like, I, you know, we throw this guy out every postseason, but they've got guys like Christian Javier and guys like that. Crazy. They, they've got, they got guys who are going to be more than comfortable going into the bullpen. No question. And, boy, having a, having a healthy McCullers, that to me is the guy. Uh, Verlander, don't get me wrong, Verlander's the stud, but McCullers is the guy in that in a, in a series just sitting there. And, you know, you're, if you're down two games to none and here comes him, yeah, you sort of, without him, you sort of knew you had two legit, right? right? Now you got three legit, and you figure out whatever else you need to figure out. Yeah. No-brainers. Everybody needs no-brainers. That that would make you and me as manager look like unbelievable yeah. managers. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. That's our look around the uh, American League wildcard race. We, that. we should do a little uh, do a little Barker's back leg bits right now because we've got John Schneider coming on at yep. 1130. Uh, oh, yeah, actually, thank you, Mark. No, before we do that, uh, I want to play this clip from Jack Curry of the Yes Network going off a bit on the Orioles. Uh, Aaron Judge. Uh, the walks? Yeah. Aaron Judge did an awful lot of walking this way against the Baltimore Orioles. And uh, this was Jack Curry following. This is following Sunday's game, correct? <clears throat> Sorry. I'll get it right. Following Saturday's game, talking about the way the Orioles had approached Aaron Judge. And Kevin, I want to get your your take on this. So if you could play, this is Jack Curry of the Yes Network following Saturday's game. Do you want to be forever known as the pitcher who gave up Judge's 60-second home run? And my quick response to that is, who gave up Barry Bonds' 73rd? Don't Google it if you don't know right now. So that has drifted off into history. I covered Mark McGuire's 60-second home run. I was in the ballpark. I don't remember who gave up home run number 62. But with that being said, if that is in a pitcher's head, here's what I would want to say to a pitcher who was a teammate or who played for the team that I was on. Going after Judge, the best player on the planet right now, and challenging him, and proving to yourself that you can get him out, that is going to benefit you more than picking around the corners and trying to avoid him and trying to avoid being the answer to a trivia question. You owe it to yourself as a competitor to compete against the guy who is standing 60 feet, six inches away from you. That was Jack Curry, the Yes Network, Kevin. Um, look, I, this whole, you know, pitching around guys, going for a record. Uh, I've always kind of liked the approach of, you know, what you 
you pitch it the way the game dictates, right? Which yeah. is, and, I, and I'll give John Schneider and the Jays credit for that. Yeah. They pitched Aaron Judge according to the I, to, to what the game dictated. I, I love Jack, and that's exactly what I would have said if I was if I was on that show. But to, but to give, and I would never do this most of the time. But Aaron Judge in the last two games did punch out five times. It's 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 not it's not like he he was up there taking pitches and they walked him four pitches. No, he took out three times last night, yesterday, and two times the day before. So it's not exactly like he's not getting pitches to hit. Unless he, I, I haven't seen those at bats. Unless he expanded a little bit, because we just see him expand okay, a little well, bit I mean, against Jose Barrios. Well, hey, look, he's right? so, all we do is come on this show, and everybody else comes on the shows and says how good he is at yeah, taking yeah. what they give him. Yep, that's fair. Okay, if you want to be the best player on the planet, which right now today he is this season. By the way, if you're wondering, Dennis yeah. Dennis Springer gave up the 73rd home Who? run. What? Dennis Springer Who? gave up the 73rd home run to uh, Barry Bonds and Mike Baxick. I knew that. Gave up. You must have known him. You might have. You might have known him. Absolutely not. No, because he was with the Washington Nationals. I I don't. Ah, come on, Jeff. How dare you? (laughs) You think he hit sixty-two? You think he hits one in Texas? I think he's trying to hit him. And I can say this for a guy who's trying to hit him at five o'clock. Yeah, he does. It's hard to hit him at five o'clock. And now you're going into a game. All you're trying to do is hit a homer. That's it. You ain't trying to walk. I think you ain't trying to walk. I think he hits homer. We'll see. I think he gets it. Um, maybe, maybe. I think he, I, I will say this. I think he hits two or three. I don't think he just gets one more. I think he hits two or three. I think you have to put your whole lineup around him to try and get him as many pitches as possible. Now, the Texas has nothing to play for, but interesting. Barker's back leg bits. Jim McCullough wants to know why in our discussion about the postseason roster, did we not, or did we leave off the name of Rymel Tapia? He's saying, wouldn't you play Tapia ahead of Gurriel? I've already said I would do that. I said the at-bats he has, the way he runs the bases, the pressure he puts on defenses, and he's left-handed. And Lourdes hasn't had an at-bat in how long? It's been long enough. Even if he has a couple at-bats next couple of days if he plays. So I've already said that. I like that. I've always liked him. I said that when they when they brought him over here. That I like that. He just brings something different. And in the playoffs, it could come down to that pressure on a defense. So, yes, for me, Jim, I think that's a great call by you. And But I think I've said that a while ago. Ted Stokes has got a different take on it, Kevin. Uh, he says, first of all, as long as we get home field advantage, I'm fine with either team. Yep. But he said, I've always heard and I've always believed that a player coming off injury usually goes right back to their position. But considering how well Tapia and Merrifield are doing, should they stay in? Thanks. This is Ted. And that, Ted, I mean, there, a, is, there is that thing out there, right? But I think that's is. more, isn't that more Norm, in the middle of the season type of a thing, Kevin? Norm, normally I would say that. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that. Like if it, it was May where you're or at June, season, we would. But look at what who your manager is. Has your manager told you anything he's done the last however many weeks that he would put a guy in there not knowing what he's going to give you? Not a chance. He's going with some predictability. And right now, Toppy would give him a better at bat. That's why it's not a shoe in that both of those Espinal or Gurriel even make the roster. It's not a shoe in. They might, and they probably should. They've got to be healthy. At least one of them, absolutely, and can give you a competitive at bat. One of them's in for defense, for sure, and that's Espinal. Well, what's the other one in for? 
That's the thing you got to ask yourself. That's like the Marino thing. Would you be okay with Marino coming in? Say you have to pinch run and neither one of the other catches were available. Would you be okay with Marino in the eighth and ninth inning of elimination game, putting the fingers down and blocking balls? I wouldn't. That's what you got to ask yourself. Like, you got to be okay, real careful with that. But if you, if you have Jansen in the lineup, see, this is why I, th- I almost think Guriel is more important. If you have Jansen in the lineup, I I know people say the postseason you don't mind losing the DH. I don't know if I really like that idea. Depends on who the DH is. I That's would, what that is. If, I, it, if it's George Springer, you ain't losing it. To me, if if Guriel is is healthy, he has to be in the lineup for the same reason. Whit Merrifield has he's to be streaky, in the lineup. He's a streaky guy but with he long also, limbs. He also and. But he gives the Jays. You need reps. He gives the Jays something they don't have. He's a, he profiles differently as a hitter because of because oh, of his oh, size. Yes. Okay. Since you brought that up, does he bring that today? If the playoffs well, started tomorrow, does he give it to you tomorrow? That's the thing you got to ask yourself. This is a small sample size. They got like three days to figure this out. Yeah. No, and that's that go is time. True. Well, three days, and then I was going to say they've and got the workout day, but I mean that, that's you know not. What I mean, though. Yeah. Like it's it's they ain't got a week or two. To let him get his feet wet. So you got to figure that out in a hurry. And I just who right now who you think would give you a better at bat off of Luis Castillo, Lourdes or Tapia? Yeah, think about it a little bit, would you? Doesn't roll right off the tongue, does it? No, I would. I would. I would be leaning towards uh, roofs falling in. I'd be leaning towards Tapia. Yeah, that was a scary noise. Mm-hmm. I'd be leaning towards Tapia. You need a hug? Huh? You need a hug? <laughs> no. Do I need a hug? Because of noise? No. That was a loud noise. It wasn't that loud. Just loud enough to get our attention, that's all. Um, hey, we should have uh, shouted out, by the way, Zach Pop and uh, Jordan Romano. That was the first Very Blue cool. Jays game on Sunday where Canadians got the win and the save. Pop got the win. Jordan Romano coming in for his 36 save. And we've talked about this. Uh, Zach, Zach Pop has... We talk about the circle of trust that the Blue Jays coaching staff has. Zach Pop's in that circle of trust now, isn't he? 99 with movement. That helps, doesn't it? You bring him in a bunch of right-handed hitters who haven't really seen that before, and you want some quick action, and and he doesn't give up a ton of fly balls, which is what you're trying to do in the playoffs. You want a bloop and a bomb. If you got a guy who can come in, now I'm not saying bring him in the eighth inning, but if you can bring him in the sixth or maybe the top of the seventh, to get out a couple of tough right-handed hitters, 99 plays that time of the year. Bats are slow, trying to cheat. Just don't abuse the slider. He'd be okay. I like it. Like, we we always preach about that velocity. What? How about velocity with movement? Yeah. There it is. You, yeah, earn, no, tr- I, you earn trust. Has he earned it? For me, he has. Yeah, I would, I, absolutely he's earned it. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. But we'll ask John. We Coming will up indeed. next. John Schneider is the manager of the Blue Jays. He is in Baltimore with the team, obviously, preparing for tonight's first of three games, the final series, regular season series of the year. We'll talk to John Schneider about that party Friday night, that speech Friday night, the domination of the Red Sox, Alec Manoa now being on tap to start game one of the postseason. I'm just going to ask John as well. Three games against the Orioles. We understand that the Jays don't know their postseason opponent yet or where they're going to be playing. 
But what else does he feel he has to see from this team? What are the question marks surrounding, I would argue, the, the most pressing issue is the composition of the postseason roster. We'll talk to John Schneider about it next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. Starting Monday, be sure to tune into the J.D. Bunkus podcast. Weekday mornings at 9 on Sportsnet 590 The Fan or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. All right, welcome back to Blair and Barker for Monday. 705. That ruined your day, didn't it? did. 705 is the first pitch tonight. The Jays and Orioles open a three-game series in Baltimore. This much we know about the Jays. They will not have to go to Tampa to play the Rays. They will not have to go to Cleveland to play the Guardians. So it's either going to be Rays here, Mariners here, or Jays in Seattle against the Mariners. We can all kind of do our own one, two, three listing mentally of of um, of who we'd like to see them face. I don't think our next guest particularly cares right now. And if he does, he's certainly he's not, not going to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> he is John Schneider, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. John, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, congratulations on clinching that wild card spot. I have to tell you, I'm... I'm Whenever I see a team celebrate, I watch the next day with particular interest just to see, you know, who may have been carried away or gotten carried away. And I watched your team, and what did you guys responded to the celebration with 21 hits, a 10 nothing win? Um, I was just going to ask you, the, 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 the focus you guys had after securing that postseason spot, what does that say about your team? I think it says a lot, and I probably sound the worst out of all of them right now. I'm still uh, <laughs> trying to get my voice back, but it says a lot about what they want to accomplish, I think, um, and kind of what their goal is. You know, getting in is great, and, um, you know, they want to play at home, and they want to keep adding up every win, and, uh, you know, they want, to, they want to keep rolling. So it's always nice to come out after you celebrate and put up a, a performance like that. That was uh, a pretty special weekend. John, uh, is it possible that this team will almost, even even though obviously there's still things to play for and you've still got the postseason, is it possible that this team may have taken a, a just exhaled a deep breath and exhaled after finally clinching that playoff mm-hmm. spot and just, again, it's not that you're not, not keeping focus or anything like that, but just maybe almost feels a little freer now that you know that you are at least going to the playoffs and then maybe you can just kind of play with a almost a little lighter step. I mean, it sure seems that way. 
Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the one series kind of by itself, I think it looked that way. And I think that the expectation coming into the year was pretty high that we wanted to be in the postseason. And it was just so kind of cloudy for a while, you know, with so many teams involved. And uh, it could be that way, you know, where you know you're in. And, um, you know, no matter what, you're going to be playing in a huge series. Um, And then talent kind of just comes out. But um, hopefully we can keep it rolling here in Baltimore. And uh, hopefully the weather holds off so we don't have to worry about uh, playing too. Uh, but, yeah, it's a, it's a talented group, man, and they, uh, they're having a lot of fun right now. John, we always try to grade players, and I want to ask you about – you've been the manager about a half a year. If you go home, look yourself in the mirror, what, what grade would you give yourself so far as the Blue Jays manager? It's a tough question, Kev. Um, I, I don't know. I've, I've enjoyed every single minute of it, and I've learned a lot along the way. I've made some decisions that I thought were good, and I know I've made some decisions that were bad. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if there's an exact grade, number, or letter grade I put on it, but um, I know I'm enjoying it. Um, I know I continue to want to do it, and uh, doing it with this group is uh, extra special. Okay, let me ask you this way. What's the biggest difference between managing at the minor league level and managing here trying to make a playoff run? Because you've done both. Yeah, biggest difference is, you know, minor leagues, you're trying to develop specific skills and, um, you know, attributes in a player, and here you're trying to win. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, uh, I think conversations are a little bit different. Expectations are a little bit different. It's easier to say, okay, we can learn from this and move on in the minor leagues to whereas in the big leagues, everything is magnified. And uh, it's cool that the core group that I have known for a long time in the minors, they understand that, they get that, they've kind of been through it. Um, I'm working through it too, uh, myself. So it's uh, that's the biggest thing. Everything is magnified, and you're hoping that the mistakes that ha- <clears throat> that have been made, you just get, you've already learned from them, and they don't happen again. John, when did the possibility of Alec Manoa uh, starting Game One of the playoffs go from being a possibility, you know, or a likelihood to, you know, to to the plan? I mean, we kind of, you know, I think. Whenever it was a couple of weeks ago, you know, we like to have our options very much open. And uh, it's that was kind of always the plan. You know, mm-hmm. if we were in a three game, if we were in a three game series, we wanted Alec to pitch, you know, game one of that series. And, you know, we just didn't know where we were going to end up, you know, where we are right now. The last series in Baltimore, we didn't know the magnitude of each game, what it would mean. Um, so just leaving our options open is something they wanted to do with the end goal of, you know, getting him getting him the ball in a, in a postseason game for sure. What does it tell you about him when all of his velocity on all his pitches is down and he still gives you six scoreless baseball at the end of the season? Then he knows how to pitch and then he's competitive as hell. I mean, he's uh, he's done that a couple times to where his first couple innings is below down and then it ticks up in the third or fourth, but uh, the fact that he can just maneuver through a lineup with, you know, what what he has in a certain night, it just speaks volumes to him as a not only a competitor but as a pitcher. Yeah, John, I want you to t- talk to me. You used to be an ex-catcher. Adding a two-seamer mid-season, you know, he threw some two-seamers, but not as much as he's throwing it now. How hard is that? And, you know, he's got to have some confidence, and I think he threw it, what, 41% in his last start. That's a lot, right? You've got to have confidence. You've got to have buy into that thing. How hard is that to, you know, have a guy of his talent doing that, say, mid-season? Yeah, it's um, – if you're throwing a pitch that much, you know, you're feeling, you're feeling pretty good with it, and – 
I think it just pairs well with his breaking ball. Um, the development of his changeup this year has been outstanding, keeping left-handers kind of at bay a little bit. Um, but he's confident in every pitch, and he has, I think what's really unique about him is, you know, he knows exactly which one is working to what extent on every on any given night. And, uh, you know, when he figures it out, he rolls with it, and uh, he can really read hitter swings, too. He can really read what they're trying to do against him. John, what do you need to see in these next three games? Obviously, you want to win them. Obviously, you want home field advantage in the first round. But in terms of readiness or health, I, I, I would presume Santiago Espinal and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. are kind of first and foremost there. But is there something else you need, you, you need to see from this team as well? I mean, yeah, we'd like to get everyone as healthy as possible, and hopefully we can. And uh, I think more of the same. You know, I think the overall urgency, attention to detail, just kind of playing together, having an approach, sticking with it. I think that if we take care of those things, you know, we are going to be really, really tough uh, because of how talented we are. So it's uh, it's a combination of those things, I think, just kind of continuing to what we've been doing the last, last week or so i've been very happy with uh with how we've been rolling out there every night do we expect to see both santiago and lourdes play at some point in these three games is that definite or is there is 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 it more certain with one than the other that's the hope for both of them but not definite with either of them which is a weird answer um i think today when we get in and see what kind of activity we can do on the field, what kind of tell a lot, um, especially with SC. I think SC is getting really close um, in terms of being like full go. And um, Lourdes may be, you know, a day or so behind him. I mean, he's, he's close too. He's just got to finish off the running, the running part of it. So hopefully we have every option that we, um, that we would like going into the postseason. You've seen the bottom third of this lineup, or we've seen the bottom third of this lineup really, really take off. And I think when we talk about lineup construction, a lot of the times we just we focus on the first four or five places and then just assume that everybody else just kind of falls into place after that. Um, how much thought goes into who hits seventh, eighth, and ninth in this lineup? Great question, um, and it does kind of depend on who the starter is and how their bullpen may be deployed and how we try to um, keep ourselves in good spots uh, against who they may bring in based on availability. So you look at, you know, trying to separate some lefties if you have Tapia or Jackie in there or Biggio. Um, you look at who's actually swinging the bat and how they're doing right now. Um, if you want to look at Jana or Witt doing that, um, it is kind of a unique um blend of who goes where certain nights but to have the depth that we do um i think speaks volumes to you know how that part of the lineup does uh, day in and day out how they've done it all year really and um there's a few factors that go into it obviously one is against the starting pitcher and two is who are we who are we ready to to hit against if they're if they're coming out of the bullpen and how are we going to combat that off the bench if needed as well talk about hitting with Tay oscar is there one thing when you're standing over there you go wow right there it is now he's going is there one thing yep when he's taking pitches that are out of the zone mm-hmm. he's dangerous to anyone in the league and he's getting in good counts and he's not missing his pitches if it happens to be the first pitch of it at bat he's ready and i think just the overall separator for him is when he is locked in and controlling the strike zone, he can do exactly what he's doing right now. You uh, mentioned Whit Merrifield, and we've seen him, what, he's, he's hitting 10 of his last 11 games. 
Uh, you know, I think there's uh, certainly if you had said to folks a month ago that there would be, uh, you know, that, that, that Whit Merrifield would be in a position to start for this team in the postseason, people might not have bought into it. Is this just a matter of, John, of he's, he's, he's just a really good player having a really bad year and suddenly he's just kind of snapped out of it? Yeah, I mean, I think his track record speaks for itself over his career and obviously didn't get off to the start he wanted to either in Kansas City this year or when he got here with us. And it was tough that he wasn't playing every day, something he was very accustomed to. So I think it's a combination of a player being in this type of atmosphere, um, playoff race and, and playoff series coming up for the first time. And, uh, you know, just playing more consistently, I think. You know, he'll probably be the first one to tell you that it's, a lot easier to get back to what he's used to doing with getting regular at bats and um, you know, what he's doing cannot be ignored by any means. And he has been a huge, huge boost for us. John, how has Zach pop grown as a blue Jay? Man, he's uh, I think he's comfortable with his surroundings and he's really understanding his routine day in and day out with Matt Bushman and Pete Walker. He's uh, you know, you look at his last outing, um, I know some regulars from Boston weren't in there, but you look at what his stuff does, and uh, and he's getting pretty comfortable with with uh, how to deploy it. You know, sinker speaks for itself, and then how he's kind of used his slider since he came back from the minors has been really impressive. So he's uh, he's definitely feeling comfortable with with what he's doing right now. He's been he's been really really good. Last question for us, and then we'll let you run. Kevin Gossman came out of the game in the third inning yesterday. Um, you were you know you were pretty clear afterwards that, uh, you know, had this been a playoff game, he probably would have stayed in. That seems to be more precautionary than anything. He's, this sounds kind of odd, but he's, he's kind of used to having to pay special attention to that particular finger, isn't he? Yeah, he's had that, you know, for the last couple of years, I think, when he started throwing his foot. Um, usually means he has a good one when it's getting a little bit flared up. Uh, but, yeah, it was just, you know, he was, a, you know, aware of it you know we were aware of it and i think uh you know judging on where we were um knowing that we had a a playoff series locked in uh we didn't want to have him do anything that would affect you know him or or us going forward so he feels fine uh feels way better today and uh you know we're we're not worried about that at all john we're gonna let you scoot thanks so much for doing this man keep it going and uh, we'll see you back in toronto yeah see you later all right Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. John Schneider, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. That voice was a little... Uh, eh. He's been fired up lately. He has been, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he has been. He has been. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the champagne can drought your voice. You have too much of it. It can hurt. Been a while since I've... That's interesting that. about uh, Kevin Gossman because you can kind of... Yeah, this time of the year, nobody's ever going to be completely truthful when you talk about injuries. It doesn't matter the sport. Going into the playoffs, there isn't a coach in any sport that's going to be open. But I really did get the sense that it was not that big a deal. Yeah, I think the the inning before he came out, he threw 18 pitches. You mentioned that, Six split fingers. That that, that, that doesn't show you that a guy is super worried about his finger, right? And and he could have went back out there if he'd have had to. They just, you know, you're thinking your offense is rolling. Your, your bullpen is all lined up the way you want it to be lined up. You can win a game without him going deeper into the game, and you'd rather save him for game two. Let's be honest about it. They want their best two guys going in, in one and two, and he's their second best guy. So 
I, I think it's, again, this gets back to that experience thing. You're trying to surround your playoff team with as much experience as possible. That's the Whit Merrifield thing. I know he's never been there when the lights are the brightest, but he's been really good for a long period of time, and that's experience. Santiago Espinal hasn't. I'm not saying he's not a good defender. He's not going to help no. your team go where you want him to go, but who would you rather have more at-bats in the playoffs, Wit or Santi? I love Santi, but right now the way Wit's looking and the all the adjustments he's made and just he looks like he's got it all going the way it should be going, and I sort of like the infield now. I like sort of that security of Wit, mm-hmm. Chappie, Sort of being on the corner, sort of the bookmarks of what Bo's trying to I've do also, with shorts up. I've also got to say this. I really like Santiago Espinal's skill set coming off the bench. I do, too. I you do, know, too. Especially, you know, you especially know if you don't have Bradley Zimmer. He can Zimmer. play third. He can play second. He can play shortstop in a pinch. Right. So, yeah, you, you, kind of, you really do that. And you want the ball hit to him. Bases yes. loaded. You want the ball hit to him, yeah. right? So, I'm with you. It just makes their bench deeper. Yeah. Gives it gives John more options to go to. You can tell he's a mad scientist. But that sixth inning, you can see he's starting to churn. He's walking around more. He's got his hands crossed. You know, kid, for the about the first five, his hands are up on the top of the the bench over there. And then after that, it's it's go time. So it just gives him more options to go to. And you know, it'd be nice to have Lourdes come off the bench in the sixth or seventh inning with pinch hit yeah. for somebody late in the game, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I think that that's where the lineup question becomes really intriguing if if they're both healthy. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I go through this this lineup as I can make a case for for carrying Gabriel Moreno. I can make a case for not carrying him. Yeah, yeah. I'm having a difficult time making a case to carry Bradley Zimmer. I, I, uh, I, I just am, especially now that – Look, Jackie Bradley Jr. can play the outfield for yeah. me late late in the game, and he's going to – That's what you said, late in the game. Would yeah. you be okay with Gabby catching the eighth and ninth inning? I wouldn't. That's me. Like, that's the question you got to ask mm-hmm. yourself. Most people that come off the bench aren't coming off the first five innings. It's that's late right. in the game when it's go time and everything's tighter – and he has. You really want a guy who hasn't is, caught in a while? I was going to say he's, some big time games with your eighth inning guy and your ninth inning guy with a runner on third yeah. or runner on second with nobody out. Do you really want that? I, that's what you got to ask yourself. I'm not saying you're not doing it because of what you're trying to do with the other two catchers, but man, like, I mean, how could you? Do you want to lose a game because of a pass ball or just not familiar with what, which way a ball's breaking? I maybe I'm overthinking it. But, boy, them lights are going to be bright, man. Real bright. So, you got to be careful of that. That's just me. Yeah. it's uh, That's like the Bradley yeah. Zimmer thing. I, I, I just I just don't see how you well, do it. Like, I, I, I mean, he's he's been on the team long enough, hasn't he? I just, I just don't get it. Alex Anthopoulos told us last year when we did an interview with him about, and, and actually Ned Coletti said the same thing. We talked about, okay, how does a team go about setting up its roster? for the playoffs and they both talked about how you game plan things if this happens what do we do what if what, what if you yeah know, that's you it. run through all the what ifs and both of them said the same thing what you don't want is a guy in the lineup that your manager can't find a use for boom right you don't want a guy in the lineup that or on your roster that the manager isn't going to use or that, you know, yeah, you plan for every possibility. But that that's why I look at, at Bradley Zimmer and I keep thinking that 
I've really got to, you know, I just, I don't see a way he's on, he's on the roster. George Springer looked as hurt as he did a month ago. Right now, today, you've seen him running all over the place. No, I think George Springer looks, looks as healthy as he's been maybe and you know, all year. And here's the thing. Here's the thing about George Springer. If George Springer can't play center field for whatever reason, if he gets hurt, then he DHs. And I've got cover in center field. I don't need I, – Jackie. I don't, I don't want Bradley Zimmer playing nine innings in center field for me mm. or even six innings. If George Springer hurts himself in the third inning, mm. who are you more comfortable with knowing the dude is going to have to get a couple of at-bats? No Jackie question. Bradley Jr., no Rymel Tapia, or Ooh, Bradley Zimmer? Well, Tapia played center – no, depends but on I, who's on the mound and what team you're facing. That's a matchup too, right? Do they, do they hit a but lot I'm of fly balls? You, so you got to be careful of that, right? Yeah, you I, want I, your better defender, which is Jackie. Well, and I, Tapia's but, playing for me. He's playing left field for me. Game one, right now, today he's playing left. That's just me. Well, you're going to see. Uh, you see Luis Castillo in the see, first you're game. You're seeing a righty, not a lefty. A righty. That might be different. That gives you more options, right? right? If it were Robbie Ray, then maybe you would go. Well, Robbie Ray sounds like he's going in game two. So you got game one to be a righty, probably game three to be a righty. So two of the three, if he goes three, two of the three for me, Tapia's playing left. That's just me. I like what he gives. He's a tough out. He's a tough out. He he knows what he's doing at the play. You can tell. When he turns around and asks the umpire, it's on purpose. It's with purpose. Because he knows what he's – I just – I know he doesn't always get a hit, and his numbers are what they are, but with where Lourdes is at, if Lourdes would have came off the I.L. two weeks ago, obviously he'd be playing left, but he didn't, and he hadn't. So, Tapia also, and I do think this is a factor, Tapia also, he creates chaos, man. First to third, first to home. He puts pressure on cutoff guys. You better better hit the cutoff guy, because if you don't, he's scoring. Yeah. You need. The, I'm telling you, against good teams, against good pitching, which the the Rays and the Mariners both have what good pitching, really good pitching, really good pitching. Really good and pitching. it might take a blooper that you normally don't go first to home on that you'd like to have a guy that can actually go first to home on. And here's the other thing: you th- you, you think about the if you're playing at the Rogers Center, just kind of close your eyes and think about the environment. Think what oh. that environment would be like with with Ryan Altapi on first base in the seventh inning of a game. Something like that. Now the crowd is into it. Now you're putting pressure on. You're putting pressure in the other team's defense. And here's the thing about where where I might suggest you'd rather face the Mariners than the Rays. The Rays have got some postseason experience. They got some guys who've been there. The Mariners, as a group, haven't. I don't. I think you don't know the Mariners as well as you do the Rays. I think that's the difference for me is if you're going to say one or the other, it's almost the way you see the Blue Jays attack people they really don't know. It's like the, you know, Castillo got the changeup and the fastball, it's 99, but they haven't really seen him a lot. They've seen him some, but not a lot. They've seen basically every single one of them race guys. They know which way it's going and how it's breaking. And, you know, they're guessers. If you know something about the Jays lineup, why you see him take, you see Matt Chapman taking haters, basically center cut, thigh high right there. Well, Why? He's guessing like crazy. Well, you can guess a little bit better if you know a guy. Yeah. But me, I'd rather face anybody at home. That's the X factor. And it seems to be a thing for this team and this organization and John Snyder. They want it here. Let me ask you this. And uh, Barker and myself will be doing Blue Jays talk tonight. And maybe we can delve into this deeper. But what do you need to see in these next three games? 
Give me Kevin Barker's uh, shopping list for the, the final three games of the Baltimore series. What do you need to see? Tough outs. Or what that, are you going to be focusing on? Tough outs. On? Tough outs. I want to continue to see for three more games in a row. The lineup that's in there, tough outs. Don't be easy outs. Like, I don't want to see you punching out on four pitches. Tough outs. You're tough out. That's going to carry over to the playoffs when you're facing really tough pitching who's going to attack a weakness. And we all know what your weakness is. There's no question. I know it. You know it. Everybody else that knows it. It's something away. Two pitches. Compete with two strikes and OO. You do that with a lineup because you're very talented. We're getting it down and getting it singing, Jeff. Three more games left in the regular season. Again, the Jays could wrap up. They could clinch home field for the postseason today. Any combination of two. Any combination of a Jays win or a Mariners loss. And the Jays will have home field advantage for the first round of the playoffs. We'll be back after the Jays game tonight to break it down for you. And as always, we'll be here from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the fan and Sportsnet 360 with Blair and Barker. So have yourself a great rest of the day. Enjoy the baseball. And uh, we look forward to talking again. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.